This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with the hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. It's been a little bit of time. Since yes, we've we had some, spoke. some scheduling conflicts. <laughs> yes, uh, it is summer. Vacations happen. Things happen. By the way, are we ever going to – one of our good friends uh, is always bothered by the introduction because he says, as does my wife, that it is false advertising because we never agree to disagree. We do on sports. That's true. On sports, we tend to have different opinions. So he finds that that highly vexing that we we do not agree to disagree. You and I agree to disagree with him. Well, I was going to say, I told him if he would come on, then there would be a lot of disagreement. Yes, exactly. At least, at least some. Some disagreement. Yes. Some disagreement. So we've been out for a while. Um, we're just trying to, you know, kind of get back into the swing of things. And I, a lot of things have happened since we were last speaking. One of them was 20 people stood on stage and, as I like to say, 20 people debated and Donald Trump won and he wasn't even there. That's my I opinion. That's, oh, I, I think <laughs> that that's not only your opinion – that's the opinion of many uh, non-insane Democratic strategists who watched that unfold and said, <laughs> we cannot allow these people to be seen by middle America. Not at all. So I, I just have one little clip, and this, this epitomizes to me what was said in the entire two nights. States support a woman's right to an abortion. You all support some version of a government health care option. Would your plan cover abortion, Mr. Secretary? Yes, it would. Uh, I don't believe only in reproductive uh, freedom. I believe in reproductive justice. You know, what that means is that just because a woman, or let's also not forget someone in the trans community, a trans female, uh, is poor, doesn't mean they shouldn't have the right to exercise that right to choose. And so I absolutely would cover the right to have an abortion more than. So that was Julian Castro, the former HUD secretary, I believe. Yes. For Obama. Yes. Doesn't um, that speak volumes? Yeah. The, now, ironically, I'm not picking on him, but two people in that debate spoke Spanish and it wasn't him because right. he doesn't speak Spanish. Well, and the other two that did speak Spanish <laughs> not well. didn't do it well. <laughs> they didn't but do it well, but they did do it. It always helps to pander. Yes. But if you listen to that man closely, this was a question about public funds for abortions. You know, the Planned Parenthood says they don't actually do take federal money to do abortions, which is a lie. It's, yes. You can't tell me they don't It all money. goes into the same hopper. Exactly. But he wanted to give abortions to Trans females. Now, first of all, you need to explain to me because I'm a little confused. Is a trans female a biological man? Yes. Okay. <laughs> How is that person going to have that an was abortion? the question? Is this like twins? Is this like the nope. you know the Arnold Schwarzenegger Danny DeVito movie? Where... I think it might. Well, no, that was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Where he got pregnant. Yes, but it wasn't twins. Twins was something else. No, that was the name of the movie. There wasn't a oh, movie no, called you're Twins. Right. No, you're right. But it wasn't no, that movie. Right. Which, which one am I thinking of? I, I don't know what title. it is, but it okay. was different movie. So, so he's literally talking about a man having an giving abortion. birth. So what, it wasn't bad enough. He said it on stage. He tweeted it later. Of course he did. So it wasn't like he – and they cheered for him of because course. he said the word trans. 
But he also said justice. Justice, which he didn't really explain what justice it's meant. Just, <laughs> it's just a magical word, justice. justice. I'm not just about rights. I'm about justice. It, it, he epitomized what I thought of all, for all 20 of them. I, I, they made no sense. They they pandered to the crowd oh, well, and nothing no, no, no. happened. No, they made a, a lot of oh, sense. Not to, not to me, they didn't. No, of course, of course, <laughs> they made sense. They were very clear about what their agenda is, and that's why my favorite, um, the New York Post, ran a cover because they got these questions about you know everyone who's for you know unicorns and banning corporations race, and so they're raising their hands. Yeah, and so the the headline was. Who wants to lose the election? And then there's a picture <laughs> Everybody of all of them with their hands raised because, <laughs> I mean, you okay, this is not an exaggeration. Everyone on that stage, including the so-called leading contenders. So who are the leading contenders? I guess at this point, uh, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, um, I don't know, maybe Mayor Pete. Um, you know, basically, I think the top three are essentially – Warren, Harris, and Biden. I, I think that the ticket is going to be some combination of Biden and Harris. Ooh. But Ooh. the point is, not a single person had the cur. Every one of them raised their hand for, among other things, uh, we want unrestricted abortion on demand. That's a given. That's been their position. Yes. Must be taxpayer funded. They're of all course. opposed to the Hyde Amendment. And we actually want it for trans females as well. I mean, that again... <laughs> When you talk about that's going to go over well in the Rust Belt, we should really – but yes. also uh, Kamala Harris has been on record. No one has contested this. I want to eliminate all private health insurance. Yes. I want it to be gone because you're going to have the government castor oil in the form of the super-duper <laughs> universal health care. So it's not enough that we have that available. No, no. You, however many tens of millions of people who – like remember remember yeah. this rhetoric if you like your plan well you know what i give kamala credit at least she's not lying about it no. we're gonna take it away because <laughs> we away. know we know best so <laughs> no more private health insurance we're not going to be on it as elected officials but we're going to take yours away every one of them is essentially in favor of open borders they want immediate oh. benefits for all illegal aliens, and every one of them basically says, if you are caught in the country as an illegal alien, absolutely you should not be deported. So that's not true. I have paper here that says that's not true. Oh, really? Okay, yes. tell me, tell me how that's not true. This is from the New York Times, uh, June twenty seventh, twenty eighteen, and it's from Linda Q Q I U. Well, is this some? Is this a writer or is this a random? Commenter, she said, "No, Democrats don't want open borders." Uh -huh. So obviously, well, it's not go. true. Right there, you go. Uh, she said, I'm aware everything of that. they're saying is a lie. They're making stuff up. They they want people to come here who need to come here. Wasn't it? Um, which which uh, representative was down at the border actually telling people how to get the loopholes of getting across the border? Yes. That was well, one of did our you see, fabulous uh, This Democrats. is a brief segue, but did you also see the hilarious um, AOC went down to the border yes. and had a Meryl Streep moment where she was weeping? <laughs> she was weeping at the – so what you see is her standing at this fence just yes. just aghast. Except it wasn't a fence. Well, no, it was a fence, <laughs> well, was but a there fence. was nothing there. It was a parking lot. It was an empty parking lot with a squad <laughs> car and a few, um, you know – probably DHS yes. officers. I did and, see that. And the media collaborated with her, mm -hmm. you know, as she's weeping and she's in anguish and it's all, it's all fake. Of course well, it is. 
she kept she even doubled down the next day and said no no and it wasn't a photo opportunity except they had a photographer standing behind her on the other side with photographers on the ground looking up at her to getting that great pose I'm right like, so uh, okay. so again to keep going down this list all the leading contenders uh, abortion you will pay for it even for trans men no restrictions we want yes they want open trans borders trans females because trans females men I who can't, are I can't yeah. keep it straight yeah. we want open borders illegals should not be deported we will provide them immediately with all manner of benefits um elizabeth Makes warren sense. is in favor of the government running the government taking over all corporations that have more than a billion dollars in revenue that's mm-hmm. a lot of corporations that's a lot of people uh, they are extremists Mm -hmm. and at least again the people that have functioning cerebrums within their political party like (laughs) david axelrod the people that actually want to win elections are saying to themselves we can't we can't allow this to continue you need to stop you need to start lying again and stop talking about what you actually believe (laughs) said the truth do you think slow joe helped or hurt himself oh i think he hurt himself he's too much of a coward here's the deal with joe if joe had had the stones First of all, you know, Kamala Harris with her planned, she recognizes he's the lead dog. I have to savage him. So what does she do? She basically accuses him of being a racist. <laughs> and Joe just doesn't have it in him. See, that's the one thing that Trump does. Yeah. Okay, all We've talked all about his bad characteristics. And yes, we can talk some more about it. The one thing that he does is that he simply doesn't allow people to label him that way. Right. He will punch back. Yeah. Joe just folded, you know, I'm not a racist. I mean, you need to put you need to punch back twice as hard when someone says that about you. And the other thing about Joe is that if he had the guts to stake out a position as the adult in the room, hey, guess what? I have a 40 year record or 50 year record in politics as essentially a lockstep liberal. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm proud of it. I'm progressive. But I'm not a kook, right? <laughs> I don't think we can abolish fossil fuels in 10 years. That's nuts. <laughs> I don't actually, because I'm supposedly a devout Catholic. Yes, I know my private views don't. But I don't think it's a good idea to have unrestricted abortion for any reason. Well, he was a Hyde Amendment of fan course. up until now. Well, of course, until the, the Twitter mob screamed when he said he might still support it. <gasps> and so he rolled over and played dead. And I'm telling you, if he had the courage to just stake out even semi-moderate positions. They're not even moderate. Yeah. They're still left-wing. <laughs> he would appeal to the people that they're trying to convince they should leave Trump and come back to the fold. But as long as people like Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren and AOC are the face of the party and they keep spouting their incredibly frightening Marxist, socialist, utopian gibberish, yeah. they're not going to win the election. I can't imagine how. Now, Kamala Harris brought up the the busing issue, which <laughs> busing this is this is her. She was not bust, but no, no, she but, claims she might have been. OK, so this, possibly this goes back to the 70s. Everyone oh, was opposed to busing. And this it is didn't work. But here's the thing. This is another issue. So Kamala and she's already she can't give a straight answer on this because no. I think she's realized this is now a pit that she's fallen in. So, Kamala, you're going to campaign and tell again, suburban parents, we don't really care what school is a good fit for your child, the federal government is going to mandate where you're going to go to school. And if we don't like the racial composition of your school, (laughs) we're going to bus you across town to the designated school that we think is better. That's going to play well in Peoria, don't you think? It never, it didn't play well in the seventies. It's not going to play well. It didn't work. You can't, you can't move people 
an hour away for busing simply because you're trying to get this great See, great here, here's what happened. So she, she sat down with her little inner circle of, you know, strategic planners, and they said, okay, we need a racial issue that we can attack Biden on. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Busing. Yeah. Right. We can use that. Never thinking through, yeah, but you know what? Are we really going to actually defend mandatory busing yeah. and make that one of the centerpieces of our campaign uh-huh. and and harris is not nimble enough to deal with that and so she doubled down initially and then i think someone whispered to her um listen look at the internal <laughs> polling this is not good no danger will this. robinson stop nobody, talking about busing nobody's asking for this stop talking about it you're giving yourself and she was she actually went to high school in canada just so people know she did not she was not bust they had, they had integrated schools 12 years before she was born in the San Francisco area. Right. So right. It, but she had that cute little photo of herself. Great. And they needed to fit it into this narrative. Sure. And, and busing was the best they could come up with. <laughs> so they had tw- 20 people debated. One actually dropped out right after the debate because apparently he wasn't getting enough of that 0%. So then somebody else took his place. I can't remember who took his place. It, it's well, and there was uh, I read some somebody I forget who wrote this, and there was that Marianne Williamson, yes, who they said beamed in from the age of Aquarius. <laughs> so I hope that they keep her on stage as long as possible. Was, she photoshopped. They, they did the women running for president. There were there's five of them, including Marianne Williamson. But for some reason, the article that was published didn't show her, so she photoshopped herself right. into the picture and released it. I'm like, and I forget what uh, the other okay. guy's name is. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's he's he's an Asian gentleman. I, I can't remember Yang. his name. Yang. He got a total of three minutes. <laughs> well, I I listened to his three minutes, and he just, he got way more than he deserved. Oh, no, well, what do you mean? I mean, compared to the rest of them, how do you differentiate them? Because he couldn't even articulate his only issue, which was uh, minimum incomes for every citizen. Okay, that's he right. He couldn't well, even articulate all, that. But they're all in favor of that. Yeah, but he ha- that's his whole thing. That's his entire platform. Another another good issue that they want to trumpet. Tuition, college tuition forgiveness. Okay, that's going to play well. Let me see. First of all, where's the money from? I don't know. It's from the Obama tree or we're, it's from the billion dollar coin that we're going to mint, whatever. But think about that. You want to talk about a regressive policy. Mm-hmm. So just what does that mean? That means that People who generally are in the higher income strata in this country, they're the ones that are going to college. In other words, when you break that down demographically, the lower end of the economic spectrum, those are not people that are going to college. So this proposal among all of these incredibly fierce progressives is we're going to subsidize these relatively well-to-do people by taking more money from the lower classes, if you will. That's how they like to talk about this. How does that make any sense? And by the way, it's easy to say, so, oh, sorry, sir. I know you scraped and saved and paid off your loans. We're going to now make you help all these other people pay off their, you know, naked performance art studies degree because (laughs) it's just not fair anymore. Yeah. Is that again, if their goal is to beat Trump, you would think that these people were designed in like, Robert Ailes lab, right? Roger Ailes, Roger Roger Ailes Ailes lab uh, to who can we put front and center that is going to be, is going to guarantee Trump just pinatas to, to hammer at. We're not allowed to say Roger Ailes anymore. He's, he's a bad dude. Well, I I know, but (laughs) again, apparently nobody over there is willing to stake out the positions that would give them a very legitimate shot of winning this election. They're just, they're just running towards the cliff. Sure. Sure. Well, the, the college tuition forgiveness, they said, as we know, 
if you have a college degree, you tend to make more money over your working career. So what you're telling people is, I didn't go to college. I'm already probably going to make less than somebody who did. And you want me to subsidize them, who already has probably a better job than I will ever have. That's my point. You want me to pay for them to not have to pay for going to college because I couldn't go. And and by the way, do you think that that is going to exacerbate or reduce the college education bubble exists already, which is – Oh wait a minute. So what is it, what is the message to the universities? Holy oh, mackerel. We can so we can charge jack, anything. We can <laughs> jack tuition to the moon. They're going to get it taken care of anyway. Yeah. In fact, why don't we hire another 17 associate deans of diversity outreach while we're at it? <laughs> we are, you know, maybe some minister uh, of the bias response task force. We got it's now play money. Like sure. this is great. Sure. I think it's great. Let's do it. And you know what? I'm just going to go to college for, I don't know, 17 years because I can't really decide what I want to do. It's something it's in the social justice field. It's but, free. you know, I'll, maybe I'll take some post-colonial poetry. Then I'll take whatever. And it's all going to be paid for anyway because I deserve it. <laughs> it's a fantastic plan. <laughs> okay. Let's move on. The debates. I mean, there was so much gold. Um, Jimmy Carter was brought up by Dr. Fia as... This is what a president should be. This is what a president should think. And this is what president, former President Carter thought. Oh, my. Russia has been proven by our intelligence community to have interfered with one of our human rights, which is the right of free and fair elections. Mm-hmm. What's your reaction? How, how should we deal with Russia? Well, the president himself should condemn it. Admit that it happened. Is that a baby crying? Which I think 16 of intelligence agencies have already agreed to, do, to say. And uh, there's no doubt that the Russians did interfere in the election. And I think the interference, although not yet quantified, uh, if fully investigated, would show that Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. Yes. He lost the election. He lost it. And he was put into office because the Russians interfered. Also, chicken tenders for, for $5. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? Yes, I do. Uh, Based on what I just said, which I can't retract. Yes. I, I also. Yeah. Yeah. That was at the Carter Library. Yes. Uh, I, I also support Hamas. That, that is a lovely well, organization that is yes. helping helping Israelis with their habitats for humanity. Um, look, Jimmy Carter was addled when he was in the White House, even though he's probably one of the smartest men to ever hold the Oval Office. Brilliant yes. man. Big Her- fan of Fidel Castro. Horif- horrifically bad policies. Oh. Now, look, the man has done good works with his you know, Habitat for Humanity. He's a Christian. But um, the, the idea, again, you know, adjust the tinfoil, Jimmy. Okay, yeah. fine. <laughs> sure, sure. You, I, I can't qualify it, but I'm certain after it's investigated, um, you were aware. They investigated out the wazoo <laughs> for the last two years. They spared no expense. And... Uh, <laughs> Bupkis. Yes. So I'm not sure what he's talking about. Well, Trump lost the election, you know. That's right. what it, I mean. Right. If the votes were counted correct. Now, now, he's bringing up something that's really not been talked about other than by Hillary, maybe. No votes were changed at the election. Oh, no, booth. they must have been. No, no, no. Well, he's this he's is an illegitimate president. This is an article of faith. But here, here's the thing. According to most of the left, if you go back all the way to Reagan, Every Republican president has been an illegitimate president. They they don't accept the outcomes of elections that yeah. they lose. Yeah. They just don't. It's not our fault. Well, Jimmy's interesting because 
if you remember, well, some of you might not remember, in 1976, he was running against Ford, who had assumed the presidency and not been elected to it by, from Nixon resigning. But Ronald Reagan ran as a third-party candidate, and that helped uh, Carter win. Bill Clinton had the same issue in 92 when Ross Perot won and took 20% of the vote away from George Bush. I mean, I, I believe if George Bush had not had Ross Perot, we would not have had Bill Clinton. Yeah. Uh, so, well, not in, not as a president anyway, <laughs> maybe as something else. Well, yeah. I just, you know, we can hold out hope. We can um, cast your pennies into the wish fountain that, yes. that a further investigation will will vindicate what Jimmy Carter already knows in his bones. <laughs> his bones. Yes. I just thought I had to play it because there are people out there who believe There's what that's being said. There's a lot of people. Because, and I'm like, mm-hmm. And what it fundamentally comes down to is they will never accept the fact that the bad orange man beat her, you know, herself. We just can't. It's there has to be some explanation. Yeah. What is it? Russians in the cupboards. Of course, he's illegitimate because otherwise, we actually have to confront the fact that we ran the worst candidate in history who lost to that guy, <laughs> and that's impossible. Couldn't have happened to a nicer right. guy. So this week, it's come up that um, the House of Representatives, at least on the Democratic block, may not be a solid block of unity. Unity. Let me say that right. Uh, apparently, the uh, squad, as they call <laughs> themselves, I don't know squad of what, but they call themselves the squad. That would be uh, occasional cortex, Ilhan Omar, yes. Anya Presley. I don't I haven't heard She's much from, about is her. She's from Michigan. That's Rashid Tlaib. Maybe they're both from Michigan. I don't know. But the squad is made up of these four yes. dim bulbs, and they're kind of pushing everything they want. Oh and, yes, and. Nancy Pelosi is not having none of that. So, well, um, Nancy Pelosi, despite um, as my my favorite quote of all time, Dennis Miller perpetually looking like she's witnessing the docking of the Hindenburg. Nevertheless, <laughs> Nancy still Nancy still wants to win elections if possible and retain her speakership. Yes. And she understands that if the squad uh, gets their way. That is not going to happen. Purple will not be blue. Right. Just imagine a group, a, a quartet, that can make Nancy Pelosi look like a raging moderate. That's crazy. So this is how Pelosi looks at things, and this is how most people in politics think. You have one person, one vote. But that's not how the squad thinks. We've got many Twitter followers, yes. so therefore we have multiple votes. And yes. you should do what we want because we have Twitter followers and Instagram and Whatever right. else. And that's not traditionally how politics have worked. And I think Nancy being Nancy, she's probably not up with the Twitter. She's like, uh, no, you, you're one person. There's four of you and you don't really have any block of voting. It's just you four. So what do you think you're going to do? What do you think? Is this now I say all this and I was happy to see it. Grab the popcorn. Let's let's go. Oh, sure. And then Donald Trump. Right, because Donald just can't Could help just himself. Just shut his hole, please. Shut up. That this is this was frustrating to me because he he said he demands an apology and they should go back to the countries they came from. I think that's only Ilhan Omar. Right. So that that <laughs> was really that was part, that was this one of the stupid things that he said is you know AOC grew up in a leafy suburb in the Bronx. <laughs> okay. Yeah, go so, back to the Bronx again. Trump just can't help himself. So you're right. He should have simply that when they're forming a circular firing squad, yeah. squad don't sir, squad <laughs> don't stand in the middle. Yeah, get out of the know, way. Just just stop it. But he no. This is this is what comes with him. He uh. can't he can't help it. Now, one of the interesting aspects of this is um, it is not sufficient to say 
Trump shouldn't have said these things. Here's the thing. I think it is entirely legitimate to say to each of the members of the squad, why is it? Okay, look, nobody is contesting that you should be free to talk about all of the ills that you perceive in America, all of the injustices that you want to fix, all of the discrimination that you want to end and the oppression and whatever else. But you seem quite silent about anything that you think might be admirable mm-hmm. or positive. Maybe they don't uh, think anything is admirable. Okay, but then I think there is a legitimate point to be made that um, the level of ingratitude, and this this has nothing to do with, well, what country are you from? Mm-hmm. But just as an elected representative, this is not America first, right? You know, America, right or wrong. Yeah. But I do think... The media would never allow this. I would love to see someone ask uh, Ilhan Omar, can you please name three things that you think are great about America? Guaranteed she would not come up with a single one because she doesn't think there's anything great about America. Mm-hmm. She's made that perfectly clear. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump lacks the ability to articulate things in this fashion, and so he launches his usual screed about go back to your country. And immediately the response is that this is racist because everything is racist. I don't think it's – I don't think there's anything that he said that was racist. I think what he said is ill-advised, and it was foolish. It was factually wrong about three of them, Mm -hmm. and it was politically dopey. There's nothing in what he said that was racist. This idea that somehow he singled them out and is suggesting they're racially inferior. Well, well, where does it? No, that's ridiculous. So there, there was some racist calls by the Democratic Caucus. I, I believe it was AOC called one of the Black Caucus leaders a racist. Which? Well, she called Pelosi a racist. Yeah. Everyone's a racist. Uh, this is um, Rep. Lace. Lacey Clay of Missouri, Democrat, said, what a weak argument. He's a member of the Black Caucus. Because you can't get your way and because you're getting pushback, you resort to using the race card. Unbelievable, unbelievable to me. That's something wrong there. When uh, we have – how many times have we discussed this? When everything is racism, nothing is racism. And when you talk about everything, everything as if it's some – has a racial component, it trivializes, it diminishes Mm -hmm. and minimizes – actual racism which is horrible and should be denounced without equivocation right but when you just when you use racism to mean i disagree with you and i really can't stand your position so therefore i'm labeling you as a racist the the term has no meaning anymore so aoc's chief of staff socket chakrabarty went a long way step further accusing the centrist members of the blue dog and new democrat coalitions of being racist they certainly seem hell-bent to do to black and brown people today what the old Southern Democrats did in the 40s. Right. Seriously? Well, and again, <laughs> this is also, if you remember, when Omar and Tlaib also made their openly and unapologetically anti-Semitic comments, what was their first defense? Um, Your criticism of my anti-Semitism is racist. <laughs> so it is their default position. And so if you're telling me that... What Donald Trump said is racist. My rejoinder to that is going to be fine. We can have a debate about what you perceive to be a dog whistle here. Mm-hmm. And as the, as the great James Toronto once said, you understand that the people that hear the whistles are the dogs. So <laughs> that often doesn't work. But nevertheless, 
my response is, yeah, but you know what? It just seems like no matter what the criticism is, the deflector shield of I am a woman of color and therefore any substantive critique you have of me is by definition racist because you can't say anything about me because I am brown or black Mm -hmm. or some other color that therefore permanently disallows any policy, any good faith policy dispute with me. Not even a policy dispute. If you... If you recap or even quote what they say, you're a racist yes. and you're, pu- you're causing harm to them by repeating what they said. So it is it is a lazy rhetorical device. Uh, it is cynical political opportunism. I am more than willing to call out anyone who engages in racist behavior. But when listen, George Bush was a racist. Ronald Reagan was a racist. Apparently. Everyone is a racist yes. and a fascist and various other ists. And so when you use that label over and over and over indiscriminately and you make no distinction between actual racism and things that you just find icky and mean, I tend not to pay very much attention Nor to your you. criticism. Nor should you. So AOC's chief of staff also came out. It was a memo discovered recently uh, where the – Green New Deal, it's not about green. No. It's about complete takeover of the economy and the government, and they are going to push this in that way. That's Wait, why we saw those. It, it, took a, it took a team of detectives to figure this out? Well, they actually found a memo that he oh, wrote we, about we, it. You mean we needed a memo to know this? <laughs> Apparently, if they didn't Wait. have the memo, it wasn't clear enough Wait, what they let, wrote. Let's recall. <laughs> let's recall some of the foundational elements. <laughs> retrofitting every every building in America. How would that be accomplished exactly without sort of a strong man? They love to call Donald Trump a strong man. If Donald Trump ever proposed something like this, this, that would truly be Armageddon, right? Yes, as you expect it should be. And how are we going to abolish all the fossil fuels? Yes, that's right. That's right. The only way you can accomplish this is full bore government control of everything. I don't. I don't see the democratic socialism. I just see communism. But call me a crazy yes, man. Well, I don't now know. we're like slicing the onion really thin. <laughs> There's no democratic part to this. So this today, this just came out. Trump is um, putting out new immigration policies, and I thought this was very interesting. So everybody who comes to the border, according to the Democrats, is seeking asylum, forgetting that asylum doesn't apply to getting a better job. Yes. Or more money. Asylum has a very specific legal definition. Yes. Now, the Democrats want to expand that definition to mean anyone who wants to come here. Yeah, literally. But that's anyone. not what it but, means. But they don't want open borders. They, right. They, they don't want open borders. They, they want open borders. So um, I don't know if you saw AOC interviewing uh, the former ICE director. Uh, and he, he, she kept saying, well, these people are coming here for asylum. And, and he just went on. And he goes, ma'am, you can come through the proper channels or don't come. That's how it works. She goes, you're separating children. He said. No, we're enforcing the law because coming across the border without legal right is illegal. That's what we're doing. That's the code. He, he studied the code. She didn't like that. She kept wanting him to say this. Coach mode. She holds up this memo. So did you write this? He goes, I haven't. I don't know what you're looking at. So I don't know if I wrote that. Maybe I did. Anyway, so the, the new policy is if you're seeking asylum, true asylum, not because I want to get a better job. You have to show proof that you were denied asylum in any other country you passed through to get to our border. That's double super duper racist. Because if you remember, asylum is not about economics. It's about protection. Protection because of your race, your religion, your 
sexual orientation, probably. Right. You are flee essentially. You are fleeing from persecution. Correct. I mean, in in whether it's religious persecution, whether it's war, whether there's genocide, um, it's also does not mean, uh, which which now has sort of become the definition that if you live in a culture in a place where random violence is pervasive, you could seek asylum. That's not what it means either. Now again. No. We can have a policy debate. We sure. should have an honest policy debate. Is that what we want asylum to mean? No. And if that's what everyone wants it to mean, the Democrats will never honestly debate this. No. You're pretty much opening the floodgates. And then let's talk about how many people does that encompass? They don't want to talk about that either. No. They just want to call people racist because yep. you oppose every single person coming here. Yes. There's currently a backlog of 300,000 asylum seekers and 800,000 um, immigrant status seekers. Uh, the uh, director of, I can't remember his title, but he w he's been in job since uh, May. He basically said 90% of the people seeking asylum are not asylum seekers, and it's clogging the system. So we can't process the other people who might actually be trying to seek asylum. So that means if you're in... Uh, Colombia, you have to have applied to asylum somewhere before you get to the U.S. or you will be denied because it's about safety, not about just getting to the U.S. border. So that train that was coming up from Guatemala. Right. And, and we've talked about this is that the asylum process takes longer because there are delays, because there are hearings. And we've talked about the Flores consent decree. Go read it if you're interested. But essentially, the tactic now is they understand that because it's going to take a longer period of time, federal law does not allow the kids to stay in the same place as the parents for that period of time. By the way, Congress can change that if yes. they want. Yes. So if everyone, if everyone that is crying crocodile tears about this, and look, I'm on board with we should be treating every family and every child as hum humanely as possible, mm -hmm. okay? And we should never be using child separation as some sort of political leverage Correct. okay that is contemptible yep. and i think there is some suggestion that donald trump kind of likes that idea well that's just flat out wrong however they're gaming the system because what the democrats want is all you got to do is come here claim mm -hmm. asylum whether or not you actually need asylum because right. you're an economic migrant right and then what happens is they want then if you can't separate families, they have to be released to the interior. But don't worry. They'll come back sure. for their hearing. Sure they will. It's a, it's a complete pass to once you're in the interior of the country, and then what's the next step? Sanctuary Flee city. to a sanctuary city. They will shield you whether you're a criminal or not, mm -hmm. and you're here. You're here now. That's the game. And what I just want is, why don't you just be honest? That's exactly what you want to happen. But that's open borders, and they don't want open borders. It, yeah, it was clearly stated right. in the New York Times. I know. Open borders. If the New, well, if the New York Times said it, then I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and asylum seekers are only allowed, allowed to go to ports of entry. If you're crossing the Rio Grande in the middle of the night, you're not an asylum seeker. Sorry, I, I don't buy it. You, you might think you're an asylum seeker because somebody told you that's what you got to say, but if you're crossing in the dead of night and waiting to try to get across the river, uh, no, sorry. The game, the jig is up. All you have to do is ask somebody of all of these caravans mm -hmm. of people, get them to agree, not everybody is fleeing for seeking asylum, right? Would you agree with that? <laughs> not every person in there. And so please tell me, let's assume that, I don't know, let's be crazy. Let's assume that full on 50% of any one of these caravans consists of people who are legitimately fleeing asylum and meet the legal definition for that. What should we do with the other 50% or 30% or to pick your percentage? 
Can we turn them away because they have not abided by the legal process to enter this country? They will not answer that question or they will tell you you cannot turn them away. You're for open borders. Yes. Yes. And the question is, why can't we turn them away? What's the reason you can't turn somebody away? Pick your ist. Well, no. Pick your phobia. Take it. Take a different track. If somebody knocks on your door, and you don't know them, do you have to let them in? The answer is no. You don't have to open the door. So why do I have to let you in just because you show up? That's not. That's not real. That's not. You wouldn't do that in your own home. Well, and what they what they never ever mention is that there is no other functioning country in the world that has that immigration policy. Can't. They're advocating it exclusively for the United States, where even though it is the most horrific evil to turn every other country, including their most admired countries, <laughs> yes. Denmark, Sweden, guess what? Everyone. They don't let people just show up and claim asylum and welcome aboard. No, nor should they. We've talked about that. You can't let anybody, everybody in because eventually, and I said this to somebody else, your number is zero to eight billion. How many do you want here? And it can't be eight billion, and it probably isn't going to be zero. So what's the number? Give me what? a number because it can't be all. Listen, there, this is a dramatic disagreement, uh, and, and so it needs to be hashed out with the electorate. Uh, there, there's, and by the way, if your position is that it is unchristian, to require enforcement of a nation's laws as it relates to entry, well, we just fundamentally disagree with that. I'm sorry. Yes. I, I, frankly, I think that's complete nonsense. I agree. We can, we can have that discussion. I do think Christians should be at the forefront of demanding humane treatment, yes. more resources if we need them, of course, and we do need them, because suddenly, remember this too, remember when it was, there's no crisis, it's a made-up crisis, it's a fake crisis, now it's a crisis, there's yeah. a crisis. Wait, what happened? I thought there was no crisis. I well, thought Trump completely imagined all of this. I think part of the problem is you get photo ops like AOC did. And and she goes then she goes down again and she says, Oh, they were making people drink out of toilets. That was a lie. And, that that was a lie. And that's the problem. You have so much rhetoric, I think the average American really doesn't know what it looks like. Is it drinking out of toilets or is it Hotel spas. It's probably neither. I'm not sure where anyone it? says it's a hotel spa. I think most people would admit these are temporary shelters. They are crowded. I wouldn't want to be there. I wouldn't Absolutely want to be there. not. I would not want to be there. I would not want my children to be there. But the reality is there is a limit to what can be done. And every policy that the Democrats favor incentivizes more of these people to come here seeking entry, which exacerbates the problem that they then scream about that shouldn't exist. See, this is, this is how politics works in this country. The Democrats don't want to solve this problem. They want to use it as a an advantage. Well, and to in the be election. fair, to be fair, the Republicans, the Republicans do the don't want to solve the problem either. Neither party was. There's right just now, different reasons they don't want to solve the problem. In the Senate, Lindsey Graham is proposing some changes to the immigration policies. In the House, nothing's on the on the schedule. There's nothing on the schedule. The Democrats control the House. Nothing is on the schedule. So, to me, in in an, in an upcoming election year, it feels as though. You don't want to fix it. You want to use it as a reason well, why you should vote you want, for one of us. I would encourage our listeners, if you want to watch a hilarious bit of video, look for the interview that Jake Tapper did with AOC. Because one of the things that happened, if you remember, Nancy Pelosi, one of the reasons AOC is angry with her is that she caved and helped pass the Senate version 
of the bill that increased resources at the border. And so she's on with Jake Tapper, you know, just going on and on about, you know, all of the evil and the heinous atrocities going on at the border. And that's why the Senate bill was terrible. And we had our own bill. And so Tapper says to her, well, you actually oppose the uh, the bill in the House as well, right? <laughs> you oppose both. Yes. Um, yes, but that's because, uh, look, squirrel, shiny things. <laughs> Literally. So she's on there fulminating about the fact that the, we should not. The reason we had to stand for justice and dignity and avoid genocide, Holocaust, blah, is because the Senate is wicked and we are good. And we were trying to pass this. And Tapper literally says, you voted against the House bill, too. Oh, yes, I did. But that makes sense in my alternative universe. And plus, you asking me that question is racist, Jake. Jake and I'm ashamed of you for inquiring about that. It is hilarious. Well, I got to ask this. When did a Hispanic woman become a woman of color. I understand I if you're know. black, if you're, if you're you know, African oh, wait. origin. And, and that also, I don't know. But I think the other thing that happened in the debates is Elizabeth Warren unveiled Latinx. <laughs> Did you remember that? Yes. It's apparently now Latino is no longer permitted. Yes. Latinx. Latinx. Or, I like uh, Latinx. Is it Latinx? I think it's okay. Latinx, I believe. I only read it, I only read it phonetically because I didn't yeah. actually watch the debates. Yeah, you know, either did I. Right. I saw clips. Pour acid into my eyeballs. <laughs> right. So Latinx. That sounds like a Marvel character. Well, it's supposed to be non-gender. Yes. So that you don't, you know, Latina, Latino. Even, it, that's you know, too much someone gender. needs to tell Justice Sotomayor. <laughs> yes. Because she's she self-described as a wise, she's older. a wise Latina. <laughs> she's older. She must be inherently self-racist, yes. self-loathing. The millennials have come up with this. She so is it's... now a wise Latin ex. But, but I'll I ask like that. Is, is that a, a – if you're from Puerto Rico, are you a woman of color? I guess. I don't I, know. I, 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 you just you got a tan. I don't, I don't know. Well, no, but, but here's the point. This is, what, this is what happens with this – Does that make Italians – well, people the, of the color? question is, why aren't Asians people of color? <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, I don't know what the rules are. I don't either. But whatever the rules the are, guaranteed you're a racist. I am. I, I am from Northern Europe, so apparently I am a racist. But that's my family heritage, so I don't know what's going on. That, it just it struck me. Now, I understand uh, Ilan Hamar, she's black. I, that makes sense. Woman of color. I, I get that combination, but... AOC? I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not seeing need, that. Well, the rules are changing every hour anyway, so don't even bother <laughs> to catch up because tomorrow there'll be a new they, they will be different. They will be different. So I wanted to catch up on a little sports because we, we have been yes. off for a while, and we, we were wrong in the NBA Finals. We were wrong. I, I was called out by somebody recently. Wait, didn't we talk about this already? No, we talked about – no, maybe we did. I yeah, we did. Now. Yeah, we addressed the fact that, well, oh, yes, we did. Yes, the Warriors were, you know, so a, a mash unit, so we weren't wrong. I, no. reje I reject that. No. So I don't. What are we doing here? I was talking to my daughter about different sports, and, and she was asking me, you know, we we're talking about Olympic sports, which well, actually, World Cup, Women's World Cup came up. And she was asking me, now she's 10, so economics don't necessarily mean a whole lot to her. Uh, uh, they don't mean a whole lot to anyone else who's actually <laughs> so, opining about so, this either. You know, uh, uh, they, the Women's World Cup, women, U.S. women won, which is great. Yeah, great. I'm happy for them. That's wonderful. Um, ben Shapiro came out with a little clip the day after that happened. And he called out Megan Rapino and said, you know, yay, U.S. won. I'm happy. He said, I didn't watch it because it's much like watching uh, adolescent boys play soccer it's the that's the skill level oh. and i'm like oh you're gonna get in trouble and he did he got called out by somebody 
But then he, he cited some sources and he said there was um, uh, the U.S. women's team. Oh, sorry, the Australian women's team played an under fourteen boys team in Australia and got beat nine nothing. <laughs> Look, these okay. First of all, <laughs> these comparisons and the women's team lost to a U.S. under yes, fourteen. Yes, and these comparisons. Look, why can't well, I know why we can't? Because no one's allowed to just celebrate a tremendous athletic accomplishment in its own right. Sure, these women are U.S. women are the best female soccer team in the world. Why is that not sufficient? It, it it should be, but and I'm not talking about Shapiro. It's in other words, why do you have to then savage Shapiro for expressing his opinion that look, I don't I don't think it's a great product. Well, he the would, same way that he would say, and I would say, I I would rather watch I don't know uh, reruns of I Love Lucy than the WNBA. It's just unwatchable to me. And fair. by the way, do I dispute? You can't beat them. You're correct. We've talked about this. Yes. You're right. Any one of them would wipe the floor with me. I don't think that's the relevant comparison. No. The isn't. point is people watch what they want to watch. Well, he said they watch they want to watch the highest level of whatever sport it and is. And there's a lot look, there is a lot of people who enjoy watching women's soccer. I don't begrudge them that. You say a lot. There, oh, there's just, a lot. Okay, I don't know. There's, Some. A, there's a lot of fans. Okay. I would never tell them you shouldn't be watching this because it's not nearly as good right. as the Premier and League. That, that's fair. He was bringing it up because there's this ongoing lawsuit with the UN U.S. women's team against U.S. soccer. Yes. Because the men get paid a lot more to do the same sport. And they did a breakdown, and, you know, $4 billion was revenue at the last Men's World Cup. $130 million, I thought, for the women. $130 million, not this last one, but this past one, uh, $130 million in yes. revenue. So, $4 billion. And so the, the other thing is... <laughs> The percentage is that higher. the men get is lower. Yes, it's lowest. Nine percent. So in other 13%. words, the women are getting a larger percentage of a much much smaller pie. Yeah. So how that's unfair, I, I just don't understand. Well, that's and that's what the, the whole discussion comes around. And I had to have this discussion with my daughter. I said, "Well, if you made a dollar and I made ten dollars, you'd say, well, that's not fair. We both we both worked, and I only made one dollar, and you made ten. But the difference is I plowed a whole field and you picked weeds in a little small patch of grass. You didn't do as much because you didn't earn as much. No, but actually I don't even think that's the right comparison because I'm I'm willing to state that the women have done just as much as the men. The point is well, well, our you people, think they have? Well, in terms of I mean what what's different? The revenue coming no, in from no, the tournament. No, but that's the point. That's not what they're doing. See, that's what they're arguing is, well, we play the same games and we won. It doesn't matter. All that matters is what are people willing to pay? That's true. So if you plow a field and your daughter plows a field and for some reason a whole bunch of people like the way you plowed the field better and maybe it's totally irrational. They still do. And yeah. maybe it's unfair in sort of a cosmic sense. If they're going to pay you $100 for that job and they're only going to pay her 10 and again, it has nothing to do with the fact that she's a woman and you're nope. a man, nope. then unfortunately, sorry, you've, you've made more money. And the plowing of the field isn't a good example because no, not. it's not something that people would pay to watch. This gets back to you don't know. Some there's places more they do. <laughs> people, even though the men's team compared to other men's teams in the, the, the world's highest echelon is not nearly as good. You can, yes, the women in their sphere, much better. 
world champions multiple times over, the men will never sniff that. So if your argument is, therefore, the women should make more, no. Well, I think they, they want to mix the pies, and I don't think you should. I don't, You shouldn't mix the NBA and the WNBA, should you? It's or the PGA and the right. LPGA. It's, this that's is like your saying, pot of money. That's like saying if there was an L, if there was a WNBA dynasty yeah. that every year I don't even know how many games they play. They don't play eighty two. That went sixty and zero. They they broke the the Russell Celtics record for championships. Therefore, they should now be the highest paid sports team. No, because yeah. nobody's watching them. You got to get money from somewhere, and I think that's the point. And that's what I was trying to tell her. I said, "There's two sports that I can think of." where the women supersede uh, watching versus the men. And that would be women's figure skating and women's gymnastics at the Olympics. People will watch men's gymnastics, but it's really the women that get put on and the women on the yes. skating for reasons I can't necessarily explain, but there they are. So, And, and I also have said this before, that in terms of all the funding – for if you're now a member of the national team for training and equipment and facilities, that should be exactly the same. Yes, Th- that should be. There should be. If there's any discrepancy there, that is wrong. The men should not be getting better facilities. This is. These are both our national teams. They should have access to exactly the same amount of stuff. The same trainers. The same practice fields. Whatever. All of that should be the same. But when you're talking about sharing in a revenue pie, it's relevant how big the pie is. Yeah. Well, should, is, should the NFL subsidize uh, hockey, NHL, because the NFL makes a lot more money than the NHL. They're both high-level sports. They both do well. Why shouldn't they just subsidize each other? You know, that split the money. That, that That's not how life works, and that's the problem. We're expected to say, yeah, you won the tournament, which is great, but you didn't bring enough well, revenue and here's, in. And here's another reason, which that never gets mentioned, that salaries for the men, even setting aside this whole revenue idea, tend to be higher. It's because when you look at the professional salaries that most of these stars are making, playing in Europe, wherever, mm-hmm. the pittance, the comparative pittance that they're being paid to play on the national team, many of them, now obviously maybe out of sense of patriotism, but if you want the best guys to play, you're going to have to pay them something that they're not going to completely sniff at. Right. Whereas for most of the women, their pay scale, even as professionals, is not that substantially higher. So in other words... Yeah. There's a built-in requirement to lure, to, to encourage the best men to take the time out of their professional careers to do this with the salaries that they make. You have to offer them something more. The women are not being paid at that level professionally, so that discrepancy is not there. Right. I mean, it just that's another. Now, you may say that's unfair. It's unjust. It, okay, but that's just the world that we're in. I, I think. FIFA's been around for, what, 80, 90 years now? I can't remember now. Maybe it's 100. I think it's actually 100. And the women's U.S. World – or U.S. – I'm sorry, the women's World Cup has been 20. So you've got a lot more growth. And men's men's soccer across the world is a big deal. Women's soccer across the world, not as big of a deal. Yet it may. Absolutely. But you're expecting to – Start it, you know, and in, make and in, it hit a home run on your first at bat. And in the, another dimension where women's soccer was the greatest, uh, most popular sport spanning the globe, I would say the women should be paid like sure. sultans and the men who nobody watches, they're on cable access, should receive not much. Yeah. Well, hey, it's just if, if the women's World Cup earns $6 billion, then you should be paid a whole lot more. Yep. No question. Until you do that, 
I don't know what we're talking about. All right, we have short time here because I'm on a uh, okay. uh, unusually I'm on a time window. <laughs> I have anything I have, else you want to? No, share? I want to talk about one more sports thing from the NFL. Ooh, now this is okay. Charger centric. So <laughs> Melvin Gordon, yes. the Chargers running back, has made it known he's going to hold out and possibly he's going to pull a Le'Veon Bell potentially. We'll see and not play because he wants to be paid. What is fair now? Um, I will give you my brief opinion about this. You can weigh in. I think Melvin Gordon is a very good running back, but he's been injury prone. Uh, he basically had a very good season last year. He's to all accounts. He's a great guy. He's an incredibly hard worker. He's a tough dude, uh, great teammate. So I have nothing against him personally, but the idea, if he thinks that he is in a category with the Hurley, the girlies of the world, the Le'Veon Bells, Saquon Barkley. Now, Barkley's not on a huge contract yet, but yeah. you get the point. Yeah. He's not Talent there. level. Yeah. He's not there. So my attitude, and I hate this as a Charger fan because, of course, this is what always <laughs> happens. We have decent depth at running back. Nevertheless, my attitude is the Chargers need to tell him, look, here's the deal. We'll offer you a new contract, let's say, and I think the girly, he apparently wants 13 to 15 million a season. That's, he's on crack. Okay. <laughs> it's not happening. He's making five point something now, 5.25. I know he's sleeping in a refrigerator box. Um, <laughs> I think the Chargers should go to him and say, look, we are willing to be fair. We'll offer you $9 million, $8 million, $9 million a year for three years, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Okay. So 27 to. 33 million bucks. That's, that'd be 11 million. That's too much. 27 million dollars guaranteed. Take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're never getting 13 or 15 million. We have too many other looming free agents we got to take care of that, frankly, are more important to the team than you. <laughs> and we're sorry, Melvin, if you want to sit out, you don't want to play, nobody's going to take you in a trade. So mm-hmm. you're just going to sit for the whole season. That's what you're going to have to do. Your thoughts. My thoughts are he lives in an echo chamber where everybody says, You're wonderful. You're awesome. You're amazing. His hangers on him, tell him you need to get more money. You're going to get paid, and I recognize that as a running back, your lifespan in the NFL is shorter than most other positions. So therefore, you're trying to maximize when you can. But you're right, running back is a commodity in most cases. There are some exceptions. Le'Veon Bell might be one. Saquon Barkley, maybe Todd Gurley. We're not sure yet what his injuries are. But you're not. He's not. He's not one of those elite. And the elite are very few in the NFL. Same with quarterbacks. You can get a journeyman quarterback. You don't always get the the prime Hall of Famer out of the out of the draft. So I think he needs to shut up, take the money, maybe ask for more. It doesn't hurt to ask sometimes, but I think he's dreaming if he thinks to get thirteen million dollars a year. Sit, great, we'll cut you. you what what I'm what I'm else. hoping transpires is he's going to sit out. Um, they're going to make him hopefully a, a realistic offer that's more than he's making now, and then maybe like one to two weeks in, he's going to realize. Okay, this is crazy. I'm I'm not sitting out the whole season, and he and he's going to fold. Now, maybe he won't. We'll see. He he. The only way they're go- that's going to happen if he's going to come back is if he sees that other running backs are doing well and that offer's still on the table, or the Chargers say we need somebody because the guys we thought we had are not doing it and they they bumped the offer. Well, I don't think they should true. bump the offer. I think they said you're under contract. Well, I don't, we Here's see, the contract. We don't know. Well, that's true. But I mean, look. The I don't mind them. This is the new. This is the NFL, right? We renegotiate. Nobody abides by their contract. Well, we want a new contract, and that's fine. That's the template. I think the Chargers can pay him more, uh, but I think it's got to be a number that's well under ten million dollars. Yes. And if and I don't, and look, the Chargers' history, they're not going to pay him what he wants. No. No. So it's a game of chicken now. We'll see what happens. Who's more important, Philip Rivers or Melvin Gordon? <laughs>
See? It, you're laughing because well, so Melvin Gordon should know like, that. Philip Rivers is more important <laughs> than probably the other 53 men on the roster. Yes. If Philip Rivers goes down, it's the Chargers over. are a, bl- a sucking black hole. <laughs> it's That's over. what they are. Yes, it's, it's completely over. <laughs> well, then Melvin Gordon should be realistic. Somebody needs to get in his face and say, hey, dude, you're not Philip Rivers. Shut up. Take If they're going to give you $5.2 million, take it. Because you're not going to get that anywhere else. And by the way, you're on a team that right now for the next two-year window has the talent to contend for a Super Bowl. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Like you are one of the five most talented teams in the league right now. Yeah. So you want to hold out for a whole year and then go where? To some mediocre team (laughs) that, by the way, they're not going to give you $10 million either. And now you're going to have to recoup the $5 million that you're never getting back. Yes. So the math, even on your new abacus, it's not adding up. Talk to Le'Veon Bell in 10 years. He gave up money. He ain't going to get it back. Well, he's going to get killed and by the Le'Veon Jets. And Le'Veon was at a level that he still he didn't get paid what he wanted. No. But he's getting paid more than Melvin Gordon's ever going to get paid. And he's more talented than Melvin yes, Gordon. Yes, he is. <laughs> that's part of the that's the issue. There's maybe three or four top running backs, and everybody else just plays there. All right. So, that's, it. that's it. Thank you for joining us. I'm Chad. I'm Tony. Good night. This has been a Hannah Tree production.